Welcome to Krishna Said, a podcast where I, Suchitra Das, will be narrating untold, retold, and rarely heard stories from Indian epics, myths, legends, Puranas, and folklore. This podcast has 12 stories from the Sarala Mahabharat by Adi Kavi Sarala Das, the 15th century Odia poet from the East Indian coastal state of Odisha. Sarala Das reconceptualized the entire Sanskrit Mahabharata into the Odia language. Sarala Mahabharata has only borrowed the plot outline of the original Mahabharata. What is fascinating about the retelling is that the world of Sarala Mahabharata has been transformed into an organic and pulsating version filled with original and new characters in new settings faced with conflicts and dilemmas not found in the original, thus creating new narratives and localizing it. I will be translating Sarala Mahabharata into English, allowing all of you to experience these new stories in the 21st century. The first story is about Ganga, the river goddess, one of the important characters in the epic. Eons ago, thousands of feet above the ground, on the snow-laden peaks of the Himalayas that sparkled like countless diamonds, flowed the celestial river Ganga. Ganga was stunningly beautiful as she was willful and impatient. She flowed pure and crystal clear, gurgling over rocks and stones, laughing and singing, gushing and rushing through deeps and crevices, through ravines and valleys, sometimes roaring and crashing, sometimes quiet and gentle, and sometimes cascading from mountains and cliffs in a garment of frothing lace. On one of her meanderings, Ganga spied Shiva, the great destroyer. She was struck by the handsome, dark-skinned ascetic, deep in meditation. She saw an ethereal light emanating from his calm face. Shiva looked like he had conquered every force in the universe. From his matted hair to his ash-smeared body, from his closed eyes to his resolute meditative posture, Ganga found herself drawn to Shiva, as though his stillness quietened her tempestuousness. Ganga decided she had found her husband and undertook vows to attain him. She fasted for and meditated on Shiva, but to her dismay, Shiva disappeared one day. Ganga searched every peak and precipice but couldn't find him. Disheartened but not discouraged, she decided to wait for Shiva's return. She took birth as the daughter of Nirghata, the king of the clouds. Nirghata knew who Ganga was and why she had taken human birth, but he still was worried. Ganga spent her childhood frolicking in abandon at her father's home. When she turned 13 years of age, Nirghata grew anxious that if she didn't stop being childish, he wouldn't find a suitable bridegroom for her. My child, I have to find a husband for you before you attain womanhood. I will incur the grave sin of bringing misfortune to 21 generations of my ancestors, if I don't. You are aware of this, Nirghata said worriedly. Dear, dear Pitashri, please don't worry on my account. I will arrest my maturity until my Lord arrives. I will remain a child for as long as it takes, Ganga promised. Nevertheless, Nirghata grew more apprehensive as days and years passed, then thousands of years passed. In this manner, two yugas passed, but there was no sign of Shiva, nor did Ganga give up her weight. One day, as usual, 
Ganga was on a river bank meditating under an amla tree, offering worship to Shiva. When she opened her eyes, she saw in the distance a figure on a white bull roaming the area. She thought the person was Shiva. He was ashmeared, had matted hair, and had worn an animal skin just like her lord. Ganga was overjoyed that her prayers were finally answered. She rushed to her father and announced that her lord Shiva had arrived. Nirgatha sent a prayer of gratitude to the heavens and immediately prepared for Ganga's marriage. He sent out emissaries to welcome his daughter's chosen lord and invitations to all the gods in the universe. His palace was lit up with flowers and festivity. In the meantime, the roaming ascetic, actually King Shantanu, was ecstatic to receive a marriage proposal from Nirghata for the beautiful Ganga. Shantanu, the illustrious monarch of the Soma dynasty, young, handsome and able-bodied, was also an ardent devotee of Lord Shiva. Shiva was so pleased with Shantanu, he named him Duti Shiva or the second Shiva. So Shantanu roamed the three worlds, Dharti, Swarga and Patal, on a white bull, dressed like Shiva. He wandered into Nirghata's territory on that fateful day and was solicited for marriage. He was ushered in with great pomp and pageantry and dressed in silks and precious stones. After being seated at the wedding panel, he waited for Ganga to arrive. Ganga glided in, bedecked in diamonds and pearls with her silk garment flowing like a river from her body. Gods from the heavens came to witness the grand wedding. The chanting and the rituals began. Just as they were about to be tied in the sacred bonds of matrimony, Sage Durvasa, the officiating priest, asked Shantanu his gotra, his lineage. Shantanu declared he was a Somvanshi. Ganga's ear perked up and she realized something was terribly wrong. Her Lord Shiva didn't have a gotra, only humans did. She rose from her father's lap and faced him with tears in her eyes. Pitashri, he's not Lord Shiva. I cannot marry an imposter, Ganga pleaded with her father. Nirghata was aghast. My child, your marriage cannot be cancelled. A promise has been made and everyone is a witness, Nirghata said, trying to pacify Ganga. But Pitashri, you knew it is Shiva, I, my dear. You chose your husband and I honored your wish. Ganga realized it was her mistake. In a split second of distraction, she had failed to recognize her true Lord. All her devotion and thousands of years of penance had gone to waste. Not only was she bereft of her heart's desire, but also in the danger of ruining her father's reputation. She didn't want her father to face shame and censure. So she finally agreed to marry and approached Shantanu. O oh, king, hear the truth from me. I had my heart set on marrying Lord Shiva. I have waited thousands of years for the day to come when I can unite with my Lord, but it didn't happen. Yet I cannot let my father suffer for my mistake. I will do as he wishes, but I will marry you only on this condition, Ganga said. Speak your mind, O princess, for it is the duty of a husband to support his wife, Shantanu replied confidently. Ganga kahile thibi, Gangi kahile jibi. 
you will never disrespect me or speak a harsh word to me. No matter what my doings are, however unacceptable or sinful, you mustn't get angry with me or rebuke me, not even speak impolitely to me. The moment you do, I will leave you. So be it, Shantanu said. Reluctantly, Ganga sat through the completion of the marriage rituals and then she finally left with Shantanu to her new home. As soon as she settled down to her new domesticity, Ganga started making plans to make life miserable for her new husband. First, she prevented him from showing affection when he wanted to. She denied him his conjugal rights, but when Shantanu was praying or meditating, she tempted and seduced him. When he wanted to observe Ekadashi fasting, Ganga would explain what his kingly duties were and that fasting was an ascetic's duty, not a king's, and convinced him to give up the sacred worship. Then she beat him up without provocation, ripped up his garments and destroyed his sacred materials. She served him meat and fish on auspicious days and tasteless food in general. Ganga made his life miserable day in and day out, torturing and humiliating him in every possible way. She was surprised that Shantanu didn't break because not one word of reproach escaped from his lips. Ganga decided to do something even more unpalatable to provoke him. Ganga was aware that Shantanu was a great devotee of Shiva, so she was sure he would know where Shiva was. So one day, out of the blue, she approached her husband. Shantanu, where is your Lord Shiva nowadays? Ganga asked sweetly. To her delight, Shantanu replied, My Lord is residing in the Kapilas mountains. He is doing penance for accidentally killing a Brahmin. Ganga was overjoyed. This was the news she was waiting to hear ever since she married Shantanu. From that day onwards, Ganga intensified her efforts to antagonize Shantanu beyond endurance. She made up her mind to unite with Shiva at her earliest. One day, as she was preparing for another one of her mischiefs, Ganga discovered she was pregnant. Shantanu was overjoyed, but desperate to leave and temperamental as she was, she killed the baby soon after he was born. Ganga watched with cruel satisfaction when Shantanu couldn't even cry out in protest because of their agreement. His pain made her feel triumphant that her plan was working. One after the other, Ganga killed five more of their children as soon as they were born, explaining that she was releasing them from curses of a previous birth. She was disappointed when Shantanu still didn't open his mouth to abuse her, and she couldn't leave because they were condition-bound. The delay made her wild with restlessness. One day, Ganga discovered that Shantanu had two other sons, Chitravirya and Vichitravirya. She found out that he had hidden them after he saw how she had killed their children. Shantanu, how dare you conceal from me your other children? These sons of yours will die childless, Ganga screamed. In this manner, Ganga kept provoking Shantanu to utter those conditional words. It was frustrating for her that he still loved her in spite of all she did. At this rate, Ganga thought, Shantanu would never let her go. Years passed in misery for both Ganga and Shantanu. Then the day arrived when their seventh child was born. Ganga was ready to kill the infant 
when Shantanu stopped her. Gangi! 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 Shantanu shouted to Ganga's utter satisfaction. Shantanu raged at her, snatching his son away from her and then proceeding to beat and curse her. Oh, Shantanu, you have broken your promise. You have abused me, Ganga declared with glee. Shantanu stopped abruptly, realizing his folly. What have I done? Oh, what have I done? Please forgive me, cried Shantanu, trying to mollify Ganga and holding her in his arms to prevent her from leaving. Please don't go. How is our child going to live without his mother's milk? He can live if he wishes to, or he can die. It makes no difference to me, said Ganga. And you have touched a woman who is no longer your wife. You have committed the unpardonable sin of touching your Lord Shiva's wife. I curse you, O sinner. This son's child will be the death of you one day. Saying thus, Ganga disappeared from Shantanu's life forever, leaving him heartbroken and devastated with his newborn son in his arms. Thank you for listening. Ganga's story has been translated from Odia to English from the Sarla Mahabharat by Suchitra Das. If you have enjoyed listening to this story and are excited for another, the next chapter of Krishna said will be released on February 24th. For even more content on Sarla Mahabharat, follow me on Facebook to get updates on Odia Mahabharat Talks, where I and several friends discuss the stories of Sarla Mahabharat. Thank you again and see you for the next episode.